I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Today is episode 35 and it's just you and I hanging out today and I will actually be answering all of your amazing questions that you sent to me. So I've been having a lot of conversations with you about body image. It seems like many of the clients that I'm working with right now and just those of you who I interact with on Instagram have a lot of questions for me about body image. Maybe this is an area of your life that you're working on and wanting to improve Or maybe you're working towards a certain health goal in your life right now and some body image issues are bubbling up for you. So I wanted to create this podcast just for you so you had a resource to come back to whenever you're struggling some days or just use this podcast episode as kind of like a platform for you to gain information and some inspiration. I hope by me answering your questions, you are able to take some really cool tools away or some insights because let's be honest, I've obviously struggled with body image for the majority of my life as well. And remember, even though I'm talking about how to create a positive body image in this episode today, don't forget that no matter who's talking to you about positive body image and giving you like feedback and kind of tips and tools to create a loving vibe and positive body image in your own life, don't forget that all of us struggle too. So even though I am handing out some really great suggestions and tips and tricks and tools in today's episode, don't forget that A, I've been where you are. If you are currently struggling with accepting your body and loving your body, don't forget that I have been there too. Um, For days upon days, (laughs) I would wake up and that was my biggest struggle. As most of you know, I have a pretty intense history with dealing with eating disorders, specifically anorexia and orthorexia and body image. That was the root of a lot of my issues was body image and having just a really, really negative um, view about how I looked and how I felt about myself. So please know that I 
have been there and I'm sharing a lot of my knowledge today based on how I got from that place in my life to where I am today. So keep that in mind. And just lastly, I want to also remind you that once you do have a better relationship with your body, it's not all just going to be sunshine and rainbows from there on out. I have an amazing relationship with my body now. I can truly tell you that I love my body and it's just a totally different relationship that I had with her now than I did in the past. Having said that, that doesn't mean that there aren't like zero negative thoughts in my mind about my body. I still have negative thoughts from time to time, but we'll talk more about that in today's episode, I'm sure. I have a lot to get through today, honestly, on Instagram. Last week, I asked, I side note, I absolutely love the question feature on Instagram. It allows you and I to connect so well. And especially if I want to put together a podcast episode for you, it just is a really easy way for me to grab questions for me to answer from you. So just a special thank you for all of you who do interact with me on Instagram. I know some of you will send me a DM or a message or something and say, hey, Meg, I'm sorry, I hate to bother you, but I just want to remind you that I always love hearing from you and interacting with you. It's one of my absolute favorite things. And I'm just so grateful that I have a podcast episode that allows us to do that as well above and beyond Instagram. And just while we're on the topic of getting to know each other and kind of working together, interacting with each other and kind of coming together as a community of like-minded women, I just want to share one reminder with you before we actually get into all of the amazing questions for today's episode. So one reminder is that every single month I host a free webinar called Health Beyond Food where myself and like-minded women like yourselves, we join together in this free online webinar. I try to host it at a time where most people can attend um, after their work day or whatever. So it is at 7 p.m. Central Time on Monday the 19th. So this month, November, Monday, the 19th, we are joining for my free webinar called Health Beyond Food at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. And you can register for this class or this webinar. It's at megtherhn.com slash health beyond food class. And there you can just register for the November class, save your spot. If you are really, really wanting to make it this month and you cannot make it, two things. Don't forget this is a monthly class. So it's always best if you can show up live. So if you know that you can't show up 
live this month, maybe just make a mental note that you can come join us in December. We'll be covering the same things, but just like slightly different. The webinars, obviously, I don't read off of a script or anything, but we cover the same type of information. So what happens in these classes, these Health Beyond Food classes, is I show you how to go beyond food to support your health. And this includes everything, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and even spiritual health. So all of the things that I'm super passionate about teaching you guys about and supporting you through, we address all of this in my Health Beyond Food classes. So definitely join me this month. If you can, remember, just go to megtharhn.com slash health beyond food class and you can register for the class on monday the 19th at 7 p.m central time we would love to have you there i just show you how to use essential oils for physical mental emotional and spiritual health we have a great time and then i open it up to live q a after so that's your chance to just ask me whatever questions you have about taking care of yourself with essential oils in whatever way you can see yourself doing. So I'm really excited for next week because that will be a really fun evening. I always love getting together with you ladies. This will be the second Health Beyond Food class. I started offering these in October. So if you didn't make the October class, definitely join us now here in November. I would love that. So I think that's the only update um, or reminder that I really wanted to share with you today. So why don't we get into all of the amazing questions that you sent to me? So honestly, I don't even know where to begin. So prior to hitting record, I just thought, what if I started with one of the questions that came up most frequently? I think that's um, a good place to start. So we will start with a question that I got many questions about comparison. And one in particular that I have written down is how to end the comparison trap. And then there was another piece to this and that was including unconscious judgments. So let's chat about comparison and then we'll get to the judgment piece, okay? So it seems to me that so many of you ladies are struggling with comparison. Now, let's chat about comparing ourselves to others first, because I know that comparison can also, you know, affect ourselves and not other people. So as in like comparing ourselves to past versions of ourselves. So let's address like comparing ourselves to others first. If this is something that is kind of Oh, hindering your progress in loving yourself and loving your body, I 
highly recommend kind of taking a step back and getting really clear on when those comparisons bubble up for you. So are you comparing yourself when you're scrolling through social media? Are you comparing yourself when you're only with a certain group of friends? Maybe you're totally fine in other group settings with certain friends, but then only when you go to this one place with this one group of friends, you always find yourself comparing yourself to these certain people. Now, if it is the social media situation, I would highly recommend you taking a peek at what types of social media accounts you're following. So let's use Instagram for an example. Are you following a bunch of Instagram accounts? So other women that have these bodies that all look the same. And I'm going to kind of say like Instagram bodies, Instagram perfection. There's these women on Instagram. And of course, I'm not, you know, like singling anyone out. But there's just these accounts on Instagram where these women have obviously beautiful bodies. And when we like start following just those accounts, it starts creating this belief in our mind that those are the only bodies. And then we start to hold on to the belief that since that is the only body that we see and admire and just like give ourselves the opportunity to see, then we start to think that we should start looking like that, that we should look like that. So that's a really huge problem that I see is we start um, following accounts on Instagram. All of these bodies look the exact same. And then we start just thinking that that is how a body should look. Now, one of the best things I ever did, and this was super, super recent, you guys, Back when I was in Santa Fe for my spiritual coaching retreat, we went to a spa, a very well-known spa in Santa Fe called 10,000 Waves. It was amazing, and it was a clothing optional spa. (laughs) Now, I haven't been to a spa like that ever Um, just in terms of like a lot of people around and just, yeah, there was just a lot of people there, but then on top of it, it was a clothing optional spa. So I've never been to something like that before. And it was just really great for me because I think I've just been like at home doing my thing, doing my social media business, that sort of thing. And I've been seeing a lot of the same bodies over and over and over and over and over again to the point where you think that, okay, that's how a body should look kind of thing, right? Just how I was saying before. So when I was at this spa, it was just really, really nice. And I wrote an Instagram post about this actually um, last week about how it just 
was so amazing to be surrounded by so many different bodies and I was able to appreciate all of those bodies and like literally admire all of them and just kind of get a reality check almost or a reminder, not so much a reality check, but just a very like obvious reminder that there are so many different types of bodies, so many different sizes and shapes of boobs and butts and arms and thighs and bellies. And it's not just the bodies we see on Instagram every single day. So that's a really important piece to note and kind of a tool I would like you to take away from today's episode is if you are struggling with comparing yourself to others, I would like you to kind of take a step back and ask yourself, who are you following on social media? Are you following all of these women that seem to have very similar body types? Or are you exposing yourself to like a wide variety of different sizes and shapes of bodies? So take a like peek at that. You can unfollow some people that maybe trigger your comparison. So that's kind of another thing that I was going to say is whenever those comparison thoughts do bubble up for you, ask yourself or just take note when they are bubbling up for you. So I know for me in my past, I was very triggered when I was with certain groups of people. Now, were those certain people like toxic to me? Were they people that I could stop hanging out with so much? That sort of thing. If that was possible, I did that. If people weren't supporting me and fostering a better relationship with my body and I just felt like super judged every time I was around them I took that as a note that hey maybe I should change something up maybe I should not be hanging around these people so much because they don't feel good about me and doing this you guys I can just assume that some of you are thinking that well oh that sounds really selfish it's not when it comes to taking care of you you need to do what's right for you and that's a whole important piece that I could talk on and on about um, especially when it comes to like body image but just self-love and loving yourself in general you need to do what works for you. And if you are in certain situations where you feel incredibly like judged and you're constantly comparing yourself when you're with certain groups of people, you might want to take a look at that and ask yourself if you can possibly change that up and create a better situation for yourself. Now, the second part of this question was, comparing yourself but also um, like unconscious judgments about yourself so just judgments that pop up so I have two tools for you to use for this so I think well I know the most important piece to loving yourself is really getting inside your mind and realizing that the thoughts you have are actually not your thoughts. So these unconscious thoughts and judgments that are being made, you're actually not the one thinking those thoughts. 
Okay. So we all have a bunch of voices in our minds and it's not like we actually intentionally think the things that we think the majority of the time. So a really silly example I'll just give to you just to kind of make more sense of this is when you're walking down the street and let's say you stub your toe and you're like, oh man, ouch, that hurt. And then another voice might be like, yeah, I know that really hurt. You kind of almost have a conversation with yourself. Did you actually intentionally think those thoughts or did they kind of just like bubble into your head or when maybe you look in the mirror this is more body image related maybe when you look in the mirror and there's just like this knee-jerk reaction of a thought that says "Ugh, your hair looks disgusting today did you actually consciously make the decision to have that thought No, these are those unconscious just thoughts that pop up into our heads. So what I teach my clients is to really learn that all of the thoughts that you have on a daily basis, on a moment to moment basis, those are not your thoughts. You have to disassociate yourself and unattach yourself from these thoughts, learn the truth. And the truth is that these thoughts are not your own. And you are simply just like viewing these thoughts. You're hearing these thoughts. But that does not necessarily mean that they are your truth, that you believe them. Okay, so that's really, really important. There's these thoughts that are happening. So in terms of body image and having these unconscious thoughts, one thing that I really struggled with in my past was looking in the mirror. And having one of those knee-jerk reaction thoughts of, ugh, I look so disgusting. Now, I used to believe that thought because I just didn't think there was any other option. But once I learned that, okay, that was a thought, it actually wasn't me thinking that or saying that to myself. It was simply just a thought. Then I have the power to decide what I'm going to do with that thought. So you guys, this takes brain work. It takes mental power. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. But if you've ever worked with me before, you'll know that where I stand in all of this is we need to show up and do the work. And I know if you are listening to this podcast you are really wanting to cultivate a more loving and positive relationship with yourself and your body. And so I highly recommend if you don't already do that with your mind and your thoughts, I highly recommend doing that. Maybe this is a whole new concept for you. It likely is. I know back when I learned this technique, which was actually when I was like 10 years old, I was going through eating disorder recovery. And this is when I learned that I actually wasn't my thoughts and that I had the power to do what I wanted with them. And when I heard a thought, it actually wasn't coming from me thinking that thought. It was coming from another voice in my mind. And I was simply the observer of that thought. So this is really, really powerful. You have the power to decide what you want to do with those thoughts. Are you going to believe them 
or not. If you're on this road with me, if you're listening to this podcast, I can assume that you don't want to and you have that power to not believe those thoughts, okay? So it all comes down to being aware of your thoughts and just really removing yourself from them, kind of seeing them as a thought and then doing what you may with them. So I hope that answered your question about comparison and dealing with those unconscious thoughts. Now, another one that came up was how to deal with weight gain. This one came up a lot. So how to deal with weight gain and loving your larger body after being underweight so long. So let's talk about the dealing with weight gain. Now, these questions about dealing with weight gain came to me from listeners and followers that know they are underweight And now they're doing some things, some changes, positive changes within their life and now are experiencing the weight gain that they needed. So I've all obviously have experienced this throughout my life as well. Back in 2013, I was very, very underweight. And I realized that this was not healthy, nor was I living my life the way that I wanted to be living it. I was a slave to the gym. I was a slave to my diet. And I just didn't want to be living like that anymore. So I started making very positive changes within my own life and then I started experiencing the needed weight gain. So one thing that I am really big on is being clear on your goals. So this is where I think a lot of people can start struggling with weight gain when they need to gain weight is they forget what their actual goal is. So we can get super fixated on all the weight gain that we're gaining and get really upset about it and down on ourselves. But why when that's kind of like our whole goal is like gaining health or maybe you are severely underweight and weight gain is one of your goals. It's really, really easy to forget what our goals are. So I recommend that when you are dealing with some, you know, struggles, some body image image struggles from weight gain when you need it, then remind yourself of what your goals are. So back in 20. 13, what I would do is any day that I was feeling a little bit bigger than I was used to feeling, I would just simply remind myself, okay, my goal is to gain my health back, not to look a certain way. Okay, so that's a huge thing. Um, It's really, really easy to kind of um, forget that. 
and to start clinging to the fact that we have this like body image goal, this aesthetic goal. It's really easy. And I know that's what happens to most of you or most of us who struggle with accepting weight gain. We just our bot or our minds have been so programmed for so long that we've had this like aesthetic goal in mind. So since we have trained our brains to think that way, to think that we have this certain way that we're trying to look, our brain is going to cling to that and think that is still our goal. That will eventually fade, but it's kind of like a rewiring process for your brain. So when you are gaining weight for your health and you're struggling with that, remind yourself that, hey, hey body, or hey self, like, that's not my goal anymore. I'm not trying to look a certain way. I'm trying to get my health back. And another thing that I should point out is I never liked making weight gain the goal. And this might be a big thing for many of you listening. So let's kind of switch the flip and talk about weight loss since it is something that is so much more commonly talked about. And I'm just going to be using this as an example so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. So whenever you hear someone like approaching a weight loss goal, I'm sure you are familiar with the fact that people are like, oh, hey, it's really, it's okay to have a weight loss goal, but your goal should be like bigger than that, right? So why are you wanting to lose weight? Are you wanting to lose weight for your health or whatever? Like there should be a bigger goal above and beyond that. So you aren't just like focused on weight loss. I hope this is making sense. But what I'm saying is like when you're embarking on a weight loss goal, the overall goal should actually be larger than that. And weight loss should be like a side effect, right? So your goal should always be something other than losing weight for you to feel good about the entire journey and just having a positive experience. I cannot help but point out the fact that weight gain should be approached the exact same way. So this is something that I see um, very common in eating disorder recovery is there is so much focus on gaining weight. Now, obviously, if someone is recovering from anorexia or another eating disorder that has caused them to be underweight, obviously, we know that weight gain is like going to be a goal. But what I am saying, there is so much fixation on gaining weight. And the reason I think this is kind of like a detrimental, I guess, is because we are programmed to resist change. And in my practice, I am really, really passionate about coaching my clients and supporting my clients 
um, to a mindset of not having to change their body. So when we focus on weight loss or weight gain as a goal for our health or just as the overall goal, that is a way of like creating change. That is a way of initiating change or making change to our body. Number one, like I said, we as humans are like programmed, wired. We are wired to resist change. So that's what I found in my own life is whenever I approached my recovery with like weight gain as the forefront of everything, like if weight gain was my number one goal, okay, I might be, you know, committed to that for maybe a few days, maybe a week or two. And then it was like my body and I just like had this crazy urge to throw it all away and resist it because we are wired to resist change. So what I'm saying is if you do need to gain weight for your health, maybe you are going through eating disorder recovery or maybe you you're like not you don't have an eating disorder. But you know that for your health, you need to gain weight. Whatever your situation is, I highly recommend that you don't make weight gain your number one goal. And the only reason I suggest this is because what I've experienced in my own life and for so many of my clients as well, we resist change. And I really do not like approaching any sort of like healing journey with an intent to change something about ourselves. So maybe, just maybe, you can start choosing loving actions. And most of the time, these loving actions will have the positive benefit of weight gain if you are underweight. Now, the same goes for if you are overweight, loving action. So love brings your body to exactly where it needs to be. So choosing loving and making loving yourself your number one goal and making whatever like needs to happen with your weight. And this episode, we're focusing on weight gain, obviously. So making these loving actions and loving yourself the number one goal, and then whatever happens to your weight is a side effect. I hope this is making sense, you guys. But I just really want to make it clear that um, any type of goal that revolves around weight, whether it be weight loss, weight gain, that comes from a place of trying to change yourself. Changing yourself causes resistance and a lot of these body image issues and struggles um, that we experience throughout this journey. So that is a huge um, piece, a huge like recommendation tip from me. And it's worked so well within my body or within my journey as well. 
And so now let's talk a little bit about loving your larger body after being underweight for so long, because this kind of um, goes hand in hand with that. So one thing that I would constantly remind myself of whenever I noticed that, um, you know, my body was larger and maybe I was struggling with that is that this was my new normal. So I would just like the reason we struggle with body image issues such as that is because we are just so used to looking a certain way. We're so used to one type of normal. And this kind of goes back on what I was talking about of social media. If we just follow all of these accounts and all of these women look one certain way, we think that's normal. And then when something or a body doesn't look that certain way that we think is normal, then there can be like comparisons and judgments popping up. Same thing goes for our own bodies is once we start changing, it's easier to have a little bit of a mental freak out because we are used to a certain normal. So one thing that I did was really just like talk myself through that this was my new normal and also remind myself that in the past when I was underweight, and ask myself, was I healthy back then? Was I really happy back then? And when we can make our actions today allow us to be happy and healthy, that makes the like all the difference. So that's what I would recommend for that. And then now just that we are on the topic of weight gain, there was a few other questions. So um, how to accept the need for weight gain. So this will probably apply to people that are underweight and dealing with some health issues. Maybe you are underweight and your hormones are imbalanced. Many women are underweight and do not get their periods, for an example. Or maybe you are underweight because you have years of battling an eating disorder and now you need to accept the weight gain, accept that this is going to be part of your journey. Again, I think it's just um, focusing on that greater goal. What is your greater goal? If you are someone who is overcoming an eating disorder, I'm pretty sure that a greater goal of yours can be being free of a disorder, being free of this mental illness or in remission of this mental illness, or if you are underweight and experiencing hormone imbalance and unable to get pregnant, for an example, remind yourself that your greater goal is to have a child someday. So always focusing on the greater goal and really allowing that weight gain to be that positive side benefit. And then thoughts on weighing yourself. This is a great one. So many women weigh themselves every single day and so much emotion is tied to this. So I know of so many women getting on the scale and maybe they're maintaining where they're at and then they go about their day 
really happy because everything's the same, right? We resist change. But maybe you hop on that scale and you're five pounds heavier than you were the other day. And then all of a sudden you're sad or upset or you feel guilty or ashamed. So the way I see it is if there is any outside influence that can dictate the way you feel, it does not belong in your life. So one of the best things I was ever told when I first embarked eating disorder recovery, and I was just like a 10-year-old girl way back then, and my dad told me this amazing thing that no one has the power to dictate how you feel about yourself other than yourself. And to this day, that is like my absolute hands-down favorite quote. And I just have used that a lot throughout my journey and when I'm coaching clients is no one has the power to dictate how you feel about yourself other than yourself. So when you get on a scale, is that dictating how you feel about yourself? And be honest, does it elicit any type of emotional response? Be honest with yourself. If you know that when you step on a scale, and your emotions shift based on the numbers you see between your toes, then I think we need to ditch that scale. And I just don't think it's beneficial to weigh yourself every single day anyways. Um, For many, many years of my life, I would only get myself weighed when I went to the doctor's office and I would actually turn around and not see what weight I was at. Today, I just like really don't give a F about what I weigh. So I have weighed myself just to make sure that I am gaining weight. I'm kind of in the process of gaining some weight right now. And it feels really good. The scale doesn't dictate how I feel. But for the majority of women, it really, really does. There's so much emotion tied to that number. So, and then another thing, it's like a freaking piece of metal on like the floor where you go poop. And if you are letting that dirty piece of metal dictate how you feel about yourself, well, we got to reconsider that, right? So if it is, I say ditch the scale. Now, I think a great place to turn right now is body dysmorphia. I had a request that I chat a little bit about body dysmorphia, and this is a real thing, and I don't think too many people talk about it. I know one of my best friends, Christina Rice, talks about body dysmorphia quite a bit. This is something that I have experienced in my life as well. And I mean, I still do. There are still days where I have bad body image and it just like I know that I'm not seeing myself through like truthful eyes. Because it, it honestly, it's so easy for us as women to look in the mirror and see something totally different than what is actually there. 
I find this happens when we spend a lot of the time in the mirror and allow ourselves to just kind of sit there and pick ourselves apart. So what I would recommend to anyone who is dealing with some type of body dysmorphia is spend less time in the mirror, spend less time taking selfies of yourself. Um, All really great recommendations. But one thing that I did within my own life is whenever I caught myself dwelling on how I looked one day because I didn't think I looked like how I did the other day, I would remind myself that I was looking at myself through eating disorder eyes. I wasn't seeing myself with my real eyes. And that kind of brought me a piece of comfort is that I just wasn't seeing myself through my eyes that day. And then I was just kind of like able to accept it, walk away from the mirror and not really dwell on it. So maybe that can help you as well. That definitely helped me throughout all of my years of my life, basically. And then another popular topic that popped up for me when I asked you guys for questions is dealing with seeing yourself in photographs. Now, I really like this question because I know this is something that, um, you know, so many of us women deal with. We look at a picture of ourselves and we don't look how we want to look. And that's exactly it. It's something called expectations. Now, I was working with a client recently on this issue. She was dealing with like the whole negative body image when she looked at a photograph of herself. This was a really, really challenging thing for her. And I'm going to share with you what I shared with her. And it all has to do with expectations. So I'm going to give you a really kind of fluffy, light analogy, but it totally works and makes sense. So my favorite time of year is Christmas. I freaking love Christmas and I'm so jacked up that it's right around the corner. It's like nearly a month away. So I love Christmas and I remember when I was young, I just like looked forward to Christmas and all I could think about was getting those Christmas vibes and all of these amazing things that were going to happen at Christmas time. And I had these high, high, high expectations that Christmas time was going to be like this amazing thing and it was even going to be better than the year before. And I just set my expectations so high. And then Christmas came and it just kind of felt like normal. It wasn't as amazing as I imagined it to be. And maybe it was due to because I was like kind of growing up, you know, I was getting older each year and it just didn't feel as magical as all of the other years. But I had my expectations set so high that when it did happen, I was kind of let down. Same thing, like I'm not married yet and I know Scotty and I will get married someday, but when I like think about planning my wedding, 
you know how there's some brides and I have nothing against these brides. Like, I mean, you plan your wedding in whatever way you want, but there's some brides that spend like over a year planning their wedding and it's like day in and day out. That's all they're doing is planning this big, big wedding or this very like um, detailed wedding. It doesn't even have to be big, but they spend years planning it. And then once it comes, it's like they've spent years planning this day and then they get really depressed afterwards because it's just like one day, it's so fast and then it's over. But there was these high expectations for this day. So whenever I imagine myself planning a wedding, I kind of just want to bare bones it and not set my expectations so high because I find that whenever I don't set my expectations super high on things like that. I'm always left feeling even happier than I would have. Does that make sense? So when we set our expectations so high, it's really common for us to feel left and like let down. Sorry. So same thing can happen with your body image. When you're looking at a photograph of yourself, maybe you have a vision of how you should look in your mind. And then all of a sudden you see this picture of yourself and you're like, whoa, that is not what I expected. Bad body image. And you start spiraling down because you saw this horrible picture of yourself in your eyes. And it probably wasn't a horrible picture of yourself you are just thinking it was a horrible picture of yourself because you set an expectation. And this goes for even seeing ourselves in the mirror. So I think it's super important for positive body image and just going along this body image journey, improving the way you see yourself and how much love you have for yourself is letting go of expectations of how you should look. This is huge. Okay. The other one that I really wanted to be sure I answered was for practitioners. So I had someone ask me, what is the first thing I have my clients do to overcome fear of weight gain? And I think that really comes back to just getting super, super clear on a goal with them and reminding them that if weight gain is a side effect, it's a positive side effect and really coaching them through all that I shared throughout today's episode already. I know we're getting close to the one hour mark, but I'm going to go through these last several questions really fast because I don't want to leave anyone out. So one was, how do I let go of identifying with a small body? This girl in particular was always being called the tiny one. And now she's having a really difficult time with weight gain because she's kind of losing her identity. And this is definitely something that I've had to work through myself. I was always called Little Miss Migs chicken feathers, chicken legs, like I was always really small and light and I hardly weighed anything growing up. And then obviously I started growing and turning into a woman and I felt like 
I was losing my identity essentially because I was always under the impression that I was the little, little miss. I was really little. I was always the smallest one. And I know so many women can relate to this as well. This is an important time to remind yourself that society has created you to think that. So they have no idea about your body. Um, You were just told that you have always been the small one. This is something that you have been told by other people. And if you are doing this for your health and gaining weight for your health and your identity, so to speak, is like having to be let go, you have to let go of this. It's up to you to create this new, like, who are you? It's totally up to you. Um, That's what I would have to say about that. Really challenge where are these beliefs coming from? And that's something I had to look at in my own life when I was struggling with no longer being the small one, for an example. Really look at who told you that you are the small one and learn to like kind of do self-forgiveness with them in your own life so they don't need to know that you are forgiving themselves um, or forgiving them, but do some self-forgiveness with them. Forgive the world for telling you that you had to be small. This is your body. This is your life. And those like things that you have been told by other people, remember, no one has the power to dictate how you feel about yourself, but also no one has the power to tell you how you should or shouldn't look. Okay. No one knows what's right for you. And then how others see you, especially when you have a job that requires you to look a certain way. I know a lot of my friends have dealt with this in the past. If they are like a personal trainer or something, or even a nutritionist, if you are in a larger body and you're having a really difficult time with that because you think someone should look a certain way in order to be a certain like practitioner, certain type of um, practitioner or work in a certain field. This is really when we talk about health at every size. And I have a few podcast episodes on this as well. I chatted with Holly Lowry about different body shapes and sizes and also Haley Goodrich. We have a really great podcast all about health at every size. And if you are struggling in this area, I definitely recommend diving into health at every size and educating yourself that one size does not mean healthy and we need to really start challenging those beliefs. Other question is how to break the cycle of self-judgment once a judgment has been made. So there's this vicious cycle that we can get in when we have a negative thought about ourselves and then we start basically hating on ourselves for having that negative thought. This goes back to what I was saying about those thoughts being just thoughts and we are actually the observers of our thoughts. So you didn't 
intentionally make that thought. You're just observing that thought. And so it's really about working with these thoughts and being like, oh, hey, like, I don't believe that. That that wasn't a good thought. I'm just not like, I see it. I heard it. But that's not the truth. And really speaking lovingly and compassionately to those thoughts versus attacking yourself for that thought popping into your head. So you can feel the ease there. When you have a negative thought about yourself, approach it with love and compassion versus attacking yourself for it. Um, That's what you can do for sure. And then how to love your body when it's hurting. I'm not sure um, who sent this in to me, but she was wondering how to love her body even when it's hurting. And I think this is really when self-compassion comes in. So just using and treating yourself with compassion when your body is hurting and reminding yourself that your body only wants to be healthy and it is doing everything that it possibly can to keep you healthy. So instead of hating on it for the times that it does hurt, let's move in to this place of self-compassion and really doing actions of compassion and loving towards ourselves, even if our bodies aren't like acting in the way that they should, right? So Something I always love to remind people of is that we can't hate ourselves into health, essentially. So if you're not super healthy right now, maybe you're in a lot of chronic pain or even dealing with some other negative um, health issues that are, you know, impacting your life right now, such as, let's say, hormonal imbalance. I know this is just um, the reason I bring up hormonal imbalance is, I mean, I deal with it in my own life, but a lot of women that I work with also deal with it. And it's really easy to get caught up in our body is like against us and get really upset with our body. But like I said, we can't like hate our body into feeling better. So this is really where those loving actions and compassion comes in. And once you start doing that, you will notice a huge change. And then last but not least, the question about how to work out or do exercise when like when you want to make sure that it's not coming from a place of changing your body. So one thing that I would recommend is definitely taking time off of exercise if this is a struggle for you. I had to do this within my own life. I had to create a space for me to just get comfortable with being with my body. So many of us use exercise as a way to just like kind of numb ourselves, not be with ourselves because we get uncomfortable just being, just being and not exercising. Um, I know exercising, so many people call it a way of therapy and I totally get that. Um, Exercising today like totally allows me to zen out, but it's not something that I use to like run away from being uncomfortable. 
But so many people use exercise in this way that they're uncomfortable. So they're just going to run away from their feelings. So if this like hits home for you, maybe you are using exercise in that way to run away from emotions and feelings that you don't like feeling, I would definitely recommend that you take some time off of exercise. And just another thing that I can say about this is if there are certain feelings and emotions that you're not comfortable experiencing and you're using some form like exercise to run away from them, those feelings aren't ever going to go anywhere. So we need to learn how to work with these feelings, move through them, get comfortable with them. And once we do, they aren't going to be causing any disharmony in our lives anymore. So it's really getting, allowing yourself to be with those emotions, to marinate in them. But yeah, if, um, so number one, my recommendation would definitely be taking some time off of exercise so you're able to create a healthier relationship with it and really get clear on why you're exercising in the first place. Like I said, I did this in my own life. I, I mean, even now, like I can easily not exercise for a month or two or three, like it's totally fine. Nothing changes about how I feel about myself. Um, so when there's that like body image piece that isn't part of that anymore, then I would say it's cool to exercise. Now, I definitely did in the past exercise for body image reasons. But like I said, I took time off. I healed my relationship with exercise and my body. And now I am able to exercise purely because I think of it as a way of being healthy for me, not with the intent of trying to change my body. So there's my thoughts on that one. I could talk more and more about that one because it's a really great topic, exercise and body image, but maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode. I know I'll definitely be able to have some guests on that could chat about that as well. I think if you go back and listen to the episode that I did with Jen Comis, um, we talked about this. She had exercise addiction and we talked all about this. So go back, search the podcast episode with Jen Comis and you can listen to us chat about exercise and body image and overcoming that. So Thank you, thank you, thank you again for sending me all of your questions. I am so grateful and I love doing these solo episodes with you guys. I hope you love them as much as I enjoy recording them for you. And next week we will be back with a guest. I have a whole lineup of amazing guests on, but if you ever have a podcast episode topic request for me that you would like me to answer on my own definitely let me know and I will record one just for you so thanks for tuning in and I will see you next week 